welcome to the Badass Breastfeeding Podcast. This is Diane, your lactation consultant. And I'm Abby, the Badass Breastfeeder. And today's episode is brought to you by Davin and Adley Nursing and Pumping Bras. Davin and Adley designs functional bralettes that fit your lifestyle and make you feel beautiful postpartum. And today's episode is also brought to you by Sarah's Chill. Never worry about safely storing your breast milk or formula again. You'll have safe storage for over 20 hours in this sleek two-chamber bottle. And our sponsors and, and our sponsors can be found <laughs> at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com. If you ever need anything, see if uh, you can check there and see, see if you can, um, if any of them have it and because they make this podcast possible. See if you can give them any of your business. And while you're there, scroll down and enter your email address and we will send episodes straight to your inbox every week. And make sure to check our shop page because the holidays are coming and you want to give yourself a gift or someone else. And we're still holding our ongoing giveaway for anyone who leaves a review anywhere that you're able to leave reviews. Um, just send us a screenshot and your address and we will send you a goodie bag. You can send that to badassbreastfeedingpodcast at gmail.com. And we found out at Spotify, you can leave stars. So yeah, leave thanks us to your one badass stars. listener who told yes, us that. Yes, one badass listener who told us that. And so that counts as well. And if you're listening from Spotify, you can give us a star review and send a screenshot and we will do the same. And uh, now Diane has our review of the week. Yes. And I also wanted to uh, give a shout out to the badass listener who offered to send me 39 cents to go <laughs> along with her, her review, um, which was, you know, very funny. We found that I can laugh at myself. Yes. Um, but this... <laughs> Says, you don't you don't have to send 39 cents. But if you have no, really you funny not. jokes about Diane, we welcome those. <laughs> yes, she was being a smart ass, <laughs> which is totally fine. Abby got a kick out of it. <laughs> um, so it saved my breastfeeding journey. Found this podcast when I was postpartum and struggling with nursing strikes that nobody could explain. This podcast gave me the confidence to know that listening to my instincts, my baby and myself was exactly what we needed to get through it. We are now 22 months and still nursing strong. And I am so thankful to have this access to this podcast to help me navigate what the future will hold. Now I chose this review because I feel like nursing strikes have been a thing lately. I swear it goes in like waves, like biting will come in waves and nursing strikes will come in waves. And right Right now we're in a nursing strike wave where like people are contacting me going, oh my God, my baby's in a nursing strike. What do I do? Um, they're funny. a thing and they happen every once in a while. And I have one listener that I've been going back and forth with um, a little bit here who's, she goes, she sent me an email the other day and she's like, I think we're past it. She nursed the other day pretty well. And it's been like a month. Like her strike was like a month long. Yeah, they can go and on. they can yeah. like you know. And I think one and of the first just, sorry, questions people ask is like, "Is this normal for it to last this long?" It's like it can. Then people will just assume the baby weaned. Yeah, people, and They're then like, go back well, to our my baby just weaned. Episode. Yeah, and they don't. They will go back, and I think that's usually. I mean, my I'm usually just the cheerleader, and I'm like, "Try this, try this. Don't worry, they'll go back. Stick with it. Like, don't force, but offer." But don't force and try to, you know, still keep connections, still do lots of skin to skin, still, you know, all those things that keep you close. And um, they usually get past it. It's usually something going on with the baby and they get past it. If they're, you know, still pretty young, they'll go back on. 
they'll go back on. So try not to yeah. let those, and the strikes can be so stressful, um, but it'll, it'll be okay. You'll get past them. And like this mama here or that, you know, this listener here who, who wrote in, like, she was like, we got past, nobody could explain them and we got past it. And I was just listening to my baby and kept on going. And that's what you got to do. So awesome job for you. Totally. Yeah. So today, today's a hot topic lately too. This is another one that's like a hot topic of recently. Like when we first started this podcast, nobody talked about this ever. So this is a new, not, it's not new, but it is like all of a sudden picking up speed as being a thing. Yeah. I don't, I don't even remember when I uh, first heard about this, but it was not that long ago. I didn't even really know it was a thing, but I put out to the social media world um, asking for stories of people who have done this. And I wanted to start off by sharing, uh, not necessarily stories, but there are two comments kind of for and one against. And I thought that that could help us start off. Yeah. When like, what is this? And are we supposed to be doing this and whatever? Yeah. Um, and then I pulled some research so then we could talk about what's really going on. Yeah. So the first comment I got was, um, as a CLS, so that's a certified lactation specialist, I believe. Mm-hmm. And peer Not counsel- an IBCLC, but right. a CLS. Yeah. And peer counselor, we've been told multiple times that pumping before delivery is not necessary. We do not recommend doing this to moms. Um, and then I have another comment up here. And she says, I'm an IBCLC based in hospital. We teach prenatal classes and recommend to moms that they can do this if OB allows. Starting at 37 weeks, hand express 10 minutes twice a day, freeze colostrum. This can be especially helpful for moms that are diabetic, expect LGA or SGA baby, take SSRIs, or anti-hypertensives. Can really help get baby through blood glucose testing when baby is too sleepy to nurse well. So we have one person who's like, oh, no, you're not supposed to do that. And another person who says, yes, we recommend that. And I would just like to say that this is why there's so much confusion because mm -hmm. there's so much different information going around about everything. Yeah. So the first one who said, we don't recommend pumping for pregnant women, you know, for pregnant parents. Yeah. Boom. End of story. Well, we're not talking about pumping. We're talking about hand expressing. No pumping. We're not talking about pumping at all. We're talking about hand expression. And we are talking about hand expression under certain circumstances and certain guidelines. And she did not mention those guidelines. She just said, we do not recommend pumping Mm -hmm. while you're pregnant. No. And then the second person said, we recommend or we teach hand expression after 37 weeks, 10 minutes, twice a day. Those are very specific guidelines. Yeah. That isn't like, oh, yeah, just go ahead and start pumping. That's not that's not what we want to tell people. So in a way, the CLS is right. We don't tell we don't recommend that. No, because that's not the right thing to do. Yeah, that's not the right thing to do. Just randomly pumping during your pregnancy is not the right thing to do. But if you've been educated to that hand expression after 37 weeks of pregnancy, 10 minutes, twice a day. 
that's that's okay. That's what the research tells us is safe. And that's what the research tells us is good to do. If you want to, if you want to break, this is not like, oh my God, you have to start doing this. This is not to put pressure on anybody that's, you know, expecting a baby. But if you're in a situation where you're like, oh my gosh, I have gestational diabetes. They told me that they're going to be checking the blood glucose of my baby and that they might need to supplement if the, if it's not, you know, where it needs to be. So I would like to bring some colostrum to the hospital. You know, Mm -hmm. if that's your situation, this is a great, great answer for you. Yeah. And another person swooped in to say, I have a sister who's an RN midwife in Australia where antenatal expression has been studied and recommended for moms with diabetes for quite some time. The hospitals there even hand out PDF handouts explaining the reason who should and who shouldn't and gave great instructions on how hand expression, how to hand express and store the colostrum. And she also adds North America needs to catch up. Yeah. Which applies she's not lying. to mostly everything. So it's funny because I put um, one of the one of the research studies that I found while I was doing this was a literature review. And if you're not familiar with lit reviews, what they are is if somebody didn't do their own research. What they did was they collected research from all these other places and then went through that to find out what was the deal and what was the common theme through that, you know, through that research that they found that had already been done. The majority of the studies were I mean, I, I looked at a couple of different things, but that was one of them that I looked at was that lit, that big lit review. And they said that the majority of their studies came from Australia. So Australia is definitely like, sounds like they're kind of leading the way with this because yeah. they're doing more of the research and they're, you know, kind of promoting it from, you know, from what I hear, I could be going on in other places too, where it's just not popping up in the research the way Australia did. So good for you, Australia, because I think that's fantastic. Yeah. Um yeah. That's do, what I does say, anybody yeah. <laughs> does anybody um say anything about like how much they're getting like any details about if they did it or not? Like yeah, it, yeah, it yeah, sounds yeah. like There's you're a, getting a lot of people saying like, "Oh yes, I work in the field. This is no, what no, you no. should do." No, no, no. No, I got two of those, which I thought were interesting to start off with, but the rest Ooh. are all personal experiences. Okay. Okay, cool. You know, yes. So it some of the things it does help with, like I said, you know, if you're in a situation where you have, and they did, they did look at this with diabetic parents because that is one of the thing where you know a lot of these babies get supplemented. Um, so that's a good reason to you know kind of bring your own in. It's not, it's not harmful to have just in case. You know, like what if there is a situation where you're separated from your baby. Um, or you have a really, you know, really difficult labor and delivery and the baby's not latching well. Um, what if there's some jaundice and the baby needs to be separated from you? What if they are checking, you know, blood sugar levels? Because like one of those, um, one of the things that you read, one of the um, responses that you read mentioned SGA and LGA babies. That's small for gestational age and large for gestational age babies. And they do blood sugar testing on those babies as well. So... That is, you know, something that can be helpful for blood sugar, you know, obviously for bringing up blood sugar. And it's been researched and we know that colostrum will bring up blood sugar, will stabilize blood sugar much better than formula. Big surprise. But typically they will just supplement with formula under those situations if your baby's blood sugar is not stabilized. 
So that way, if you have it, you can just be like, oh, I have colostrum. You know, let's let's supplement with my colostrum and, you know, go for that procedures, any procedures that need to be done, blood draws. You know, this is could be ways for them to keep the baby calm um, is to let them, you know, have some colostrum, too. Yeah. I do want me to read a couple of the experiences of people because there's yes. there are there's more than we could possibly read in this episode. Um, yeah, no, so I definitely I want to hear some and then we're going to talk about some other stuff too that I want to make sure we yeah, talk about. Yeah, I'll just read a couple of what people went through. So this person says, I expressed colostrum from 37 weeks while still feeding my two-year-old. It was so surprising to me to see the thick, sticky milk instead of the white milk I'd been used to for two years. My two-year-old loved it, though uh, played havoc with her tummy. It was interesting to see why she was sometimes frustrated with the slower flow or lower volumes, though I didn't use them. I didn't use most of mine, but did give some when HFM meant my two-year-old couldn't feed, but was clearly ravenous. Such a relief knowing she had a hugely calorific. How do you say that word? (laughs) Calorific? I don't know. Calorific. Calories? (laughs) Yeah, lots of calories. Lots of calories. (laughs) Okay. And then this one says, I did it. I wanted to make sure my baby got breast milk in case a C-section was needed. However, I ended up having my home birth in the birthing pool, which was my big wish from the birth of my daughter. I donated the 100 milliliters of expressed colostrum to parents of dismature newborn baby who needed supplementation. And wow. this person says, um, I'm 37 weeks today with my second baby and we'll be sharing my colostrum harvesting journey on my stories. Okay, well, um, <laughs> that's not a story for me right now. Uh, I did it for both my babies and it was awesome while I waited for my milk to come in. Kept any hospital formula pushers at bay. Also worked great when they were ill. I'd defrost a syringe. That's a good That's great. idea. So a couple of things that I definitely want people to remember is that how much you get when you are hand expressing is not indicative of what your milk supply will be like. Hand expressing can be like, it can take you a little time to kind of figure out how to get it down and figure out how to get comfortable with it, especially if you're a first time parent. And that might, you know, you might be like, I'm not really seeing that much. I'm only getting a few drops, you know, but that will get easier as you go, just like any new skill, right? Any new skill you're doing, you need like practice and all of that stuff to do it. But some people are concerned that, my gosh, I'm really not getting much. Does this mean I'm not going to have a good milk supply? And then on the other end of it, you get people who see it. And like a lot of the research studies that I was looking at even said, like, it really helped people feel confident. You know, it helped that new parent feel confident when she was seeing that milk expression in the beginning to be like, oh, look at this. I feel confident that I'm going to have milk after my baby's born too. Because mm-hmm. they were seeing that prenatally. So that is fantastic because a lot of people go into having a baby going, I don't know if I'm going to make anything. What if I don't make any milk? What if nothing happens? What if nothing comes out? Um, and so often I'll hear people say, oh, well, you know, they supplemented the baby in the hospital because I just didn't have anything yet. Like, yes, you do. You do. Um, and hand expression is a way to see that when you are pregnant. Now that, I do want to say one thing about that one um, comment really quickly. The colostrum 
remember now, one of the benefits of colostrum is it works kind of like a laxative. So that's probably yeah. why that yeah. her two-year-old was having little tummy issues was yeah. because it works as a laxative. So it will do that to your toddler as well. And um, ha- the hand, foot, mouth, the HFM, um, that's, I mean, they, yeah, I, I can imagine that. that was. I was just yeah, I can imagine that she wasn't really able to eat that very well because yeah. of if she had those blisters in her mouth. So yeah. poor thing. Ugh, hand, foot, mouth. Um, but yeah, so should we do our break? And then I want to definitely oh talk about why we're not pumping yeah. and why it's hand expression and um, hospital stuff too. Sure. We'll be right back. Today's episode is brought to you by Sarah's Chill. Never worry about safely storing your breast milk or formula again. If you've ever had to pump at work late at night or while you're away from your baby, you know how hard it is to juggle all the plastic and clunky coolers. Sarah's Chill's grab-and-go container makes everything so much easier. With just a handful of ice and a splash of water, you'll have safe storage for over 20 hours in this sleek two-chamber bottle. And did we mention it's designed for double pumping? which it really is. It's so awesome. You can double pump into this thing, seriously. And it's travel friendly. And you can use it for coffee and wine or food later on. No prep, no cords, no batteries, no headaches. It's just that simple. Head over to sarischill, C-E-R-E-S, chill.com and use code BADASS15 for 15% off of your order. And you can use your HSA, FSA funds. And today's episode is also brought to you by Davin and Adley Nursing and Pumping Bras. Davin and Adley designs functional bralettes that will fit your lifestyle and make you feel beautiful postpartum. Davin and Adley are best known for the Amelia Pumping and Nursing Cami. This incredible bra functions as a pumping bra and is comfortable enough to wear all day. Simply lift to insert your flanges and pull down the top layer for compression against your flanges. It's nursing friendly with easy one-handed strap sliders. This is a complete game changer. It comes in tons of colors and both a prop cami or a full length tank version. An absolute, an absolute new mommy must have. The founder of this brand, Amanda, is a breastfeeding mom of three and a bra designer for over 15 years. She custom designs all her own products while nursing and pumping her own baby. Amanda product tests everything herself and offers style recommendations and complimentary bra sizing consults. Check out the entire collection of combo nursing and pumping bralettes at davinandadley.com. That's D-A-V-I-N and Adley, A-D-L-E-Y.com. And use code BADASS for 10% off of your purchase. And all of our sponsors and their promo codes can be found in our show notes under this episode at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com or wherever you're listening from. Uh, at badassbreastfeedingpodcast.com, you'll find all of our other episodes and you will find information about scheduling your very own one-on-one online lactation consultation with Diane. I kind of want one of those tanks, to be honest with you. I know. They're really cute. They are really cute. Tank top maniac. I love tanks. I am too. I wear them every day. I every wear them day. every single day. No matter what I'm wearing, I have a tank top underneath. Yeah, me too. Same, same, same. Well, now that everybody knows my... Clothing preferences. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, all right. So a couple things I definitely want to talk about. I have had a couple of, of clients that did antenatal hand expression, brought their colostrum to the hospital only to have it thrown away. And hospitals, I think, are 
kind of behind the eight ball with some of this. Um, of course, not in Australia, but here they in the U.S., um, at least the ones that I'm I'm familiar with. So there's very specific guidelines, I would say, to follow to make sure that nothing happens to your colostrum. And maybe the hospital you're delivering at is so on point with this that it's not a worry for you at all, but it doesn't hurt to have your ducks in a row with it just to make sure that, you know, everything is okay. I would have it labeled so that they know who it belongs to. Tell them to put it in the freezer um, because that's where we want it to be. So tell them to put it in the freezer and it should also have your, you know, like I said, labeled um, and the date that you expressed it because those are things that I have heard people say that they were thrown away for, for not having a date on it. They said, we don't know how old it is. We don't know when this was, you know, we don't know how long it's been sitting out. We don't know how long it's been expressed for. We don't know who it belongs to. Make sure you just get rid of all of those things. One of the things that I read in um, one of these studies was a recommendation from a parent that said, oh, you know, like bringing it in a cooler or ice bag. I wouldn't even do that because then they're going to say, we don't know how long it's been sitting in this cooler. We want to be able to make sure that they are not questioning anything. So definitely, and one of the situations that I had come up was that it wasn't labeled correctly. They didn't know how long it had been, you know, expressed for. So they threw it away. And then there was another one that said that they didn't have it and they didn't put it in the freezer. The nurse didn't put it in the freezer. So they threw it away. They got rid of it. Um, my first thing would be like, especially the first one that said that they didn't know how long it had been expressed and then they just threw it away. I, I don't know why they didn't give it back to the parent. Like give it back to her. They could use it themselves. Seriously. If, if they don't want to use it. Um, but definitely make sure that everything is labeled. There's dates on it. You know where it is. Or if you live close enough to the hospital and you need it for some reason, they say, oh, we're going to do, you know, we're going to, your baby was born um, at this size. We're going to have to do blood sugars and things like that. Send somebody to get it for you and bring it in. If you don't trust that the hospital is going to take care of it. And Ooh, just that's a really situation. good idea. Yeah, that's, that's a good idea. If you're with it close enough distance where you can do that, I would absolutely do that. That way they're not, you're not trusting them to hold on to it just in case you can bring it in if you need it. That's a good idea. Yeah. Okay. What else you got? All right. I have a couple of people. Um, so I have had three kiddos and have had gestational diabetes with all pregnancies. My first two had to stay extra because of jaundice. After reading some of the info put out by NHS, that's a health agency in the UK, I decided I'd collect colostrum leading up to the delivery for my third through hand expression. I collected it in one milliliter syringes. I was able to collect one to three a day. I ended up having him at 35 weeks, but I had collected enough milk to help him through some really tough parts uh, following delivery. So that's awesome. Awesome. Um, yeah. And Brittany bought one milliliter syringes and collected the last month of pregnancy um, I stuck the syringes in a freezer bag and froze and had so much colostrum to save even for sick days, pink eye and other illnesses, which I didn't even think about. That's such a great idea. Yeah, it doesn't like, have to be colostrum. It doesn't have to. Yeah, you can use it after. Yeah, yeah. If you don't use it like immediately, you could use it any time. Yeah. And it goes along with like all the things that you can use breast milk for. Yes. And even better. Absolutely. 
Um, I have more, but you just keep talking. Yeah, there was something in my head that I like. I was like, oh yeah, this is what I definitely want people to know. And do you oh, want me to read the oh. reason why we say thirty-seven weeks, and um, the reason why people are concerned about this is because, of course, you have that link to you know, preterm labor because it can stimulate the oxytocin with the nipple stimulation can stimulate oxytocin. There was some of the research that I read that stated that, you know, some parents said they had some mild contractions, but at 37 weeks, you're probably having Braxton Hicks yeah, anyway. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah. And it's not as much of a risk factor at that point. Um, some Sometimes like with gestational diabetes, and this is something to kind of, you know, keep up with your your doctor with, Sometimes with gestational diabetes, they induce you a couple weeks early. So if they say we're going to induce you at 38 weeks, then maybe you want to start at 36 weeks. So you have a, you know, a week or two of being able to collect. But that is a conversation to have with your doctor. Um, but they did say that that was something that some of the people in these research studies were doing as well, kind of taking it based on, you know, what was happening with their induction dates and stuff like that. Um. Yeah, that and that is the reason why I didn't want anybody kind of going, "Why thirty-seven weeks? Why can't I do it the whole time?" You know, like, but that yeah. is that is pretty much why because it, you know, thirty-seven weeks, it's pretty much a safety zone, um, so to speak, and it's you know, it's okay at that point. But we still only want it a couple times a day, and by doing it only twice a day, your risk of anything happening is very low. But like that first CLS, that was why they don't promote it. I'm assuming that's why they don't promote it because they don't want people going into preterm labor. But the risks are pretty low. Yeah. And we have Hannah here. I, I hope Hannah's a listener because she's got a little bit of a, a situation that other people might be in too. She says, I'm having a planned cesarean. So she's pregnant right now after three vaginal births. And I've been feeling paranoid about how it'll take extra time for my milk to come in. So I've considered pumping for the rest of the week until she's born. Not sure if it would help my milk come in faster though. So that's not really an antenatal colostrum situation, but. No. And yeah, I mean, that might put her into labor if she's like pumping. I know um, that's what the whole pumping situation was. Yeah. So, Ugh. and it can, like some people did say that it helped their milk to come in a little faster um, or they just had it like, especially in a C-section situation, if you're able to, you know, provide that and your milk is taking an extra day or so, it's going to, you know, you're going to be able to give your baby a little bit more of the colostrum to kind of get over the hump, you know, if it is taking like an extra day. Yeah. Um, it is, it, there is no harm here, you know, and if the, if you don't need it, like a lot of these parents are saying, you can save it for when you do need it. And then you, you know, you'll have it for, if you want it later on down the line, it doesn't have to be like, oh gosh, if you didn't use it in the first three days of your baby's life, you got to throw it away. Like that's not the case at all. Um, um so, we, oh, sorry. Why hand expression and not pump? Um, that is like, we're saying like, you know. We don't want a lot of extra stimulation. We also know that pumping is not, it's not productive for colostrum. Pumping does not get colostrum the way hand expression does. And that is because colostrum is thick. Like one of the, one of the listeners or one of the people commented on how thick it was, right? Like, didn't she say like she was so surprised yeah, yeah. to see how thick yeah. it was? 
it is thick. It's like almost like the consistency of honey. So it doesn't pump well. So you're going to end up with like colostrum sticking to your pump flanges and it's sticky. Like it's not a good thing to pump. Hand expression will get way more because you're able to manipulate the milk ducts that are around the breast, whereas pumping does not do that. So pumping is not as successful with colostrum as hand expression is. So that is like the big reason that we say, you know what, you know, just the hand expression is way more productive for getting your, you know, for getting colostrum out and to be able to, you know, get a volume out to store. Um, And a lot of places I think are starting to sell those little collection syringe things. Yeah. You see little for colostrum. Yeah. 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 I mean, like, Um, I have some comments here or one comment that um, is something we can address, which I think probably gets thrown around a lot. Um, This person says, no, I didn't do that. I figured it was better to leave the colostrum in my body until it could be delivered fresh. Freezing kills the cells and the antibodies. Uh, Fresh breast milk is a living substance. Freezing it kills the cells. One of the best things about colostrum is that it's highly concentrated with antibodies, but they can't survive being frozen. I don't know that that's... I mean, I'm sure some of some things, but not... The colostrum is not like... It's... Way better than formula still. So I was going to say the alternative yeah. then if the you alternative need to supplement is, formula. is yeah. formula. Right. And so this is like saying a person who works and is, is pumping and freezing their breast milk, they might as well not do that. They should just um, use formula. Right. And, and that it's, is absolutely not true. No. And in a perfect situation, yes, we can use things fresh as it comes out, but this is yeah. not a perfect situation. Exactly. We're addressing a perfect situation. We're addressing an imperfect situation in the best, safest, healthiest way we can. Yeah. And it's not, you're not killing cells to the point where this is not a nutritious substance for your baby either. Yeah. No. So and, that and, is also another thing to remember that is, it is not, it is not harmful for no, your baby and, to have and, it. And as we talked about other countries, that are much farther ahead of us than in this have done the research and have said that this is recommended and this is beneficial Mm -hmm. in these situations. One of the other things that came up in the, um, one of the research studies that I was reading, because one of the research studies that I read, like I said, we had like the lit review, which had all the info. The other one was um, interviews with parents and like the title of this article is, it gave me so much confidence. First time U.S. mothers experiences with antenatal milk expression. So it was definitely like a beneficial um, situation for a lot of these parents. But one of the questions that came up was, if I express colostrum prenatally, will there be colostrum after the baby's born? Oh, yeah. Yes. The answer is yes. Your body is going to keep producing it just like it does milk. And if you express some, more is going to be coming up behind it. So you do not have to worry that if you express and stave some colostrum at 38 weeks, your baby's born at 39 weeks, is there going to be colostrum for them? Yes, there will be colostrum for, for your baby as well. Do not worry about that at all. That is, um, your body's just going to continuously make it. So that is is nothing you need to be concerned about. Um, and they also said that there was a lot less supplementation of formula when, you know, this was put into yeah. place. 
which is, yeah, an obvious thing. Like we have, babies are supplemented with formula by the second day of life. Like, I think it's like 25% of babies are supplemented with formula by day two. Like that's a lot of babies. And this will help to take away from that. This will help your baby to not be supplemented with formula. And if you really, you know, want your baby to not be supplemented with formula. And we're not saying that it's going to be a situation where your baby, you have a baby in the hospital, oh, you're definitely going to be supplemented. No, but certain situations, they will say, we need to supplement your baby. And if you have colostrum, you don't need to do that. And if you don't need it, you bring it home, you throw it back in the freezer and you use it when you want to use it. Um, I I recommended this for a mom. This was a, f- a few years ago. Because um, I want to say maybe her son is like four now. I don't know, four or five probably. And she was like, okay, this is my first boy. Um, They were planning to have him circumcised. I really don't want him to have that glucose water or whatever it is that they give them to soothe them during that. What do you, what's your suggestion? And I'm like, I think you should hand express some colostrum and have them use that instead during the circumcision to calm your baby um, and keep them sucking. And she said, okay, you know, and like, that's what she did um, because there's lots of little reasons why you might want to have it on hand. Yeah. I have a couple more. Perfect. Okay. So this person says, I did. I heard about it from a breastfeeding, a Facebook breastfeeding group. I knew I was going to be induced because I had gestational diabetes. The baby was very large and preeclampsia. I was planned to be induced at 37 weeks. So I asked my OB if I could start hand expressing and pumping at 36 weeks. And she gave me the go ahead. I was See, able to. That's produ- what we talked about. Woohoo. Yep. <laughs> able to produce enough and save it uh, for while we were in the hospital. No one told me that after the baby is born, when you have gestational diabetes, that they test the baby's blood sugar before and after feeds to make sure that they are stabilized. But. Um, but they do. So ultimately, his sugars were low and the nurses pushed formula really hard. But I refused and provided my pumped colostrum. The hospital I delivered at does not have donor milk as an option either. Having my milk there made sure that my son only received breast milk and I was so proud of my body. I felt like having gestational diabetes and needing insulin six times a day towards the end that I somehow failed my son. But after everything went through, I was able to provide for him. We are now seven months exclusively breastfeeding and I was able to donate 500 ounces to a special needs baby in my area. Cool. And then someone else says, um, I'm not sure if this would be the case for everyone, but I express colostrum quite frequently in the weeks before my daughter was born. I froze it just in case my baby needed to be syringe spoon fed after birth. My midwife suggested that this may have helped me produce ample colostrum for my baby after she was born. She never went below her birth weight. I'm definitely a believer in antenatal expressing. I don't know That's about amazing. what the de- yeah. The um the one that you read right before that who was talking about mm-hmm. like the gestational diabetes and everything. I love that that gave her the confidence that she was not feeling before um when she said, you know, I felt like I kind of failed my baby yeah. and you know, this really helped. Um that is amazing and just a huge confidence boost. You know, it really it really is just a huge confidence boost. Um if your hospital, I mean and this is another question to ask your doctors or midwife, wherever you're delivering, there are some hospitals. Um, I mean, I know it's happening in the U.S. Very, you know, kind of not as common, but it mm-hmm. is happening that they have donor milk 
for for infants. Yeah. Like the hospital, um, one of the hospitals here where I live has donor milk, but only for like micro preemies. Um, yeah. There are some hospitals, because I know I've talked to some of you, I've talked to some of the listeners who have told me my baby was a full-term newborn who needed to be supplemented and we were able to get donor milk from the hospital. And that is amazing because not a lot of hospitals will offer donor milk for a healthy full-term newborn baby as a supplementation offering. Mm-hmm. So if you're if they're doing that in your hospital, then great. You know, great. You won't have to worry about being supplemented with formula. But if they're like formula or nothing, then maybe you want to have your colostrum ready. Yeah. Isn't and now you know it's case. an option if you didn't before. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yeah, so that's kind of the what else do you got? Do you have more that you want to read? No, I don't. I think no. I read most of the ones that were. We did um, get a lot yeah. of response. So thank you so much for anybody yes, that responded. Thank you so much for sharing those. And, I, and I've decided, or we decided, that um, I'm going to be doing this on the Badass Breastfeeder pages, like before the episodes, trying to get stories and stuff from everybody so that you can be more a part of our community and yeah, share your experiences um, with each other. Because... There's, we definitely have a lot of really cool experiences coming out of our community. So all yeah. of you, all of you guys. So, um, so thank you. But I am going to, in the show notes of this episode, I am going to link the articles that I had and I'm going to link a, a video about hand expression and like shows you how to do yeah, it and everything. Idea. Cause I could talk about it over here, but it's not, it's a visual is so much better. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I will link a video. So if you are kind of curious as to like, how do I do this? Then. You've got the info. And if you're getting pushback from your from your doctor, you can also kind of present him with this information, him or her, you know, with this information. Yeah. So there that, was somebody know. there was somebody on the Instagram post about this. Somebody it was like a, a midwife or a, somebody from Australia who linked the um, handouts that they hand out in Australia. Get out. So That's you can. Awesome. Yeah. So you can. Um, I'll try to I'll get because you can't like click on links on you know, Instagram, but I'll like figure out a way to copy it. And then maybe we can add that to the show notes too. And you can bring that, that would be amazing. Yeah. Like to your doctor, if they give you pushback, you'd be like, wait, no, this is what's happening in Australia. Yeah. Yeah. With the program, Merca. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for listening. <laughs> Thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.